Hey everybody, welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. I haven't published an episode in almost a year, and I couldn't break the podcast fast in any better situation any with any better of a guest than my friend and colleague, Ryan Huber. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. 100% <laughs> going to be my pleasure. This is going to get so many... So many hits. I bet it is. Yeah. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> um, Ryan has been at Mission 5 for, what, just over a year now? Coming up on two. Come up? What? No. June. So, so well over a year. <laughs> well over a year. Okay. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. June's really? two years. Two years. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to details. And um, I've gotten to know Ryan. I like him a lot. Uh, great trainer, very good coach. And I want to have him on to talk about his experience, how he got to Mission 5, how he got into training, and then we can kind of, uh, we can just go off the rails after that if we want to. Yeah. We, had, we have a lot to talk about in a lot of different areas. This won't be the last podcast with Ryan. It's going to be great. So Let's do it. Uh, Ryan, tell us a little bit about your background mm-hmm. in terms of uh, maybe college background and how you got into the, the training atmosphere. Sure. Um, yeah, so when I went to college... Um, you went I, to UC, right? Yeah, I grew up in Cincinnati. I went to UC. Um, at the time, to be honest, I don't think I had any clue what I wanted to do. Um, I got to college and everyone I knew was in business, so that was the route I took. Uh, my dad was in business. My older brother was in business. So that's what I did. Um, marketing was the degree I chose, but like I said at the time, I really didn't have any clue why I was doing what I was doing. (laughs) It sounds like a regular college student. Yeah, I would imagine for most people. Um, so probably like, I would say the first two years of college, I was kind of just floating through. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do after college, was just trying to get grades, good grades and, uh, just have fun along the way. Um junior year I would say is where I started to I, I started working out big time in the gym probably freshman year okay um, I was always an athlete growing up and I played sports but I never got into weight training until until college so I'd say freshman year I got pretty big into the like just going to the wreck every day um, put on some muscle because I was always a skinny kid growing up and then probably by junior year I realized it was like just a big part of the lifestyle I was in at the time. And, you know, I was drinking less, partying less at that point, more just focused on, like, the gym, eating healthy. Hmm, wow. Um, all those things. And I just kind of liked the whole lifestyle behind that. Um, probably around that same time, I realized, I'm like, this is something I enjoy doing, but it's also something I feel like I could help other people do. Yeah. So I was venturing out on the idea of just, maybe switching degrees or just like considering working at the rec or something like that. Cause I knew at the time still, I was like marketing did nothing for me. It didn't interest me. Um, and then I went and talked to my parents probably like halfway through my junior year. I was like, listen, I'm pretty set on switching to exercise science. Wow. I don't want to be in marketing. This does nothing for me. I have no interest in doing this. Um, and they freak out. No, uh, they didn't freak out, but they were just like, like what the hell is exercise science? <laughs> yeah, they basically just like gave me a quick reality check of like, well, you know, that's four more years of school. So now you're graduating four years after any of your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you're also basically just switching over to something completely different than what you're doing now. Yeah. I don't know if that's something you really want to do, if that's just something that sounds interesting for the time being. Um, so I'd given it more thought and I was like, well, I'm like a year and a half out of graduating. Business marketing is probably a pretty versatile degree. You can apply it to a lot of things. Sure. Even though it seemed pretty general on the surface. I'm like, it's not like I'm getting a chemical engineering degree. I'm yeah. just not going to use it at all. Right. So I'm like, all right. At that point, financially and everything else, time-wise, it made more sense just to graduate and then decide what I wanted to do after that. Um, so I ended up getting my degree. I uh, had an internship for... My junior summer, my senior summer, in a marketing position. Oh, wow. And that was just exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah. It was like, work behind a desk. Oh. You know, send out promotional emails, shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Things I didn't enjoy at all. So I'm like, 
this is definitely not for me. Um, I had a landscaping job that I worked in college at the time as well in the summers. So once I got, once I graduated, I uh, just did that full time and I was making like 20 bucks an hour under the table. So it wasn't bad. Yeah. Okay. It was enough to get by, but it wasn't anything great. And I just did that. I, my parents weren't happy about it, but I just did that full time. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm not working a marketing job. I'm not working an office job. I just, I've seen everybody else go down that route. My friends, you know, my friends' parents, everyone just kind of did that. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. I just knew from an early age, like, that just didn't appeal to me at all. So I worked the landscaping job. Um, in the meantime, I just studied for the personal training certificate. Okay. Um, didn't really know anything about it other than, like I said, I got into the gym in college and just kind of learned as I went as far as like strength training. Yeah. And just pieced it together on my own. Didn't really have anybody like guiding me along the way. Okay. And then I was like, let me just get this certification and I'll just go around town and just meet with gyms. And I was so green. I was like, I don't know anything within the business realm of it, but yeah. I'll start somewhere and just find my footing and and see where it goes. How long after you graduated was all this? Um, I'd probably say, if I had to guess, it was probably a year and a half. Okay. By the time I'd gotten the actual certification done, because okay. I think I studied for like three or four months. Okay. So I was working there for like a year. I got the certification, and then I remember going around town to different gyms. I probably like met with four or five different gyms, and two or three of them just didn't seem like a good fit. So I just passed on them. One of one of the other ones was just not taking on people. And then the last one was um, only doing independent contracting. Okay. Which, at the time, I had no idea what that was. Yeah, it's a totally different beast. And he explained it to me, but I just didn't really grasp it. And at the time, I was like, I don't know really anything about this field. Like I said, I didn't go to school for it. I didn't do anything in that in that realm. So. Well, honestly, school does not set you up yeah, for any of that correct. anyway. What, which so, I learned later. Yeah. Um, but I was like... He basically said, listen, you can use my space, but you pay me this, mo this much money, and you got to build your own business and everything else, right. and you better know what you're it's doing. It's daunting for some Yeah, at the time, I was like, this is kind of daunting, because I don't even know where to start. So I'm like, all right, I'll pass on that. I looked elsewhere. And then I had a buddy of mine um, from high school. I knew all the way back through grade school. He used to train at a place in high school for wrestling, because he was a high-level wrestler. And he sent me that guy's info. Mm -hmm. um, so I reached out to him. And that was a local gym here in Cincinnati. And ultimately, interviewed there. I liked the place. I liked the trainers there. And so I got going there, but as an employee versus an independent contractor. Right. Which is really... Which at the time, who, that's what I was looking for, even if it was subconscious. I'm and like, everybody should start out that way, yeah. I think. I don't you, think I knew why, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. Cause probably just for the fact that I had no experience in that field. Yeah. It takes, so. it, you don't have to think about getting the clients clients are coming in the door you're getting that handed to you and yeah. you can learn all that stuff along the way while you're mastering your craft right exactly so i'm like this is at least a foot in the door mm -hmm. where i can get some experience and then i didn't really to be honest at the time i didn't think beyond that i was like i just want to get started yeah and get some traction and then things will build as they do so um did the interview there got a second interview to come back and then got a job, um, got offered to work there. So I was there for a little over four and a half years, I believe. Okay, wow. So that was like roughly, yeah, I think about four and a half. Um, and learned a ton. I mean, like I said, you had mentioned too, even just taking the personal training certification for what it is, yeah. it's nothing of what you see on the floor no. whatsoever, right? Neither nothing. is school, yeah. Nothing. It's like every so, perfect situation. Yeah. If there was such a thing, correct, is in a textbook and in a manual yeah. or a certification. Yeah. But then once you start working with people, yeah, you find out what it is real quick. Yeah, and that was probably the biggest eye-opening thing was like, regardless of what you thought you knew about training, not that it's not important, but like it's all about people first. Yeah. Yeah. None of that gets taught to you until it's like right in front of your face. That's exactly right. And looking back, it was probably like. A blessing in some ways too just because I think subconsciously I knew I wanted to do something like that for the fact that I was like always growing up I was probably a bit more of a like introverted kid mm -hmm. was more reserved so I knew if I was like in somebody's face talking you know talking to somebody personally day in and day out like that would 
put me in more of an uncomfortable situation than typically I'd be in. Yeah. If I was in a job where I was just like, you know, working on my own all day. Yeah. Right. That's something I knew I probably needed to like build a bit and it was a good thing, but I wanted to do it in the right environment where it was something I was interested in, not something I like, you know, just going through your emotions. Yeah. Because it'd be impossible for me to talk to people if I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be here. (laughs) It's got to be on my face. You're going to see it. Yeah. And that's it. So I was like, it has to be something I'm passionate about. And I was like, this is that. So it just worked in that sense but that was probably the first thing i realized was okay if you don't know how to really work with people you gotta yeah number one you don't know how to just build a relationship and you also like to a degree if you just can't get them to trust you yeah then nothing else is going to take place no it doesn't matter they don't they already assume that you know what you're doing yeah but it doesn't matter how much you know doesn't matter if you can't make a connection with somebody and you can't also, like, force someone to trust you either. So no. saying that out loud. It comes out like, I don't mean, like, you have to, like, win their trust. It's just, like, you have to know that you're building a relationship on, like, a long-term scale. Sure. To slowly, you know, introduce these things so that they can, over time, see progress and trust you more and more. Yeah. And it's just, it's a process. Yeah. So it's not like a... You're not closing a sale on the first day. Exactly. You know? That's. I was just getting ready to say you're not a salesperson. Yeah. A lot of people say that. Well, you know, you're a salesperson. You're selling yourself. You are. That's like such a small fraction of it, though. Yeah. The relationship building. Yeah. Sale. You're closing the sale is like you're going to be here. If it was one workout only. Yeah. That's different. Right. It's not. It's right. hundreds of workouts. Hopefully. Hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. In that person's life. Or lifetime. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so it, have clients for life. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not a. You're not. They're not showing up to a uh, a session buying a car. Right. Right. And I hope I can make this work. I gotta seem trustworthy today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I'll never see you again. Yeah, it's not yeah. that way. So I think that was probably like the most um the most challenging thing at first mm-hmm. to grasp because I didn't know that. But then it was like also equally the most rewarding because I'm like, this is something that I find is it's satisfying to me, like to do that as as a career. Yeah. And for the fact that, like you said, it's it's an ongoing thing, which I, I enjoy because I'm like, I like to see progress and, you know, I like kind of the process of things. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, this this works for me. And there's just a, there's a high level of consistency with that, like across the board, you know? Yeah. Like you show up, they show up, you make small incremental improvements. Things like that to me are just, I, I enjoy that. So I was like, this, this appeals to me in that sense. So um, what were your parents, what was your parents thinking at this time, when yeah. you got that job, were they like, oh, no, he's going to no, like, well, honestly, gym now. He's going to wear gym clothes all day? <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time, like, once <clears throat> once I decided that's what I wanted to do, and I was, like, beyond the landscaping job, and I, you know, had enough money from working here to, I was paying my rent and living on my own and everything, they were just like, yeah, I mean. Working at that other, other place? Yes, at the gym now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it was kind of like, you know, I was young in my 20s and out on my own now so it was kind of like a not that they didn't care but like it was like you know sink or swim kind of like yeah and then you started doing it you're like yeah oh, like, i don't think thank god yeah i don't really remember talking to my parents about it it's yeah. just like this is what i'm gonna do and part of me has probably always just kind of like been that way where mm-hmm. like if i don't like something deep down doesn't sit well with me like i'm just probably not gonna do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'll like i'll find another way to do it how I want to do it and it might not be pretty at first but I was like I'm going to find a way to make this job work at least for now yeah because I'm not doing I'm not going back to that yeah, other that, that other, or that other not... you know that other avenue like that that wasn't for me yeah I get so that there, in a lot of ways like looking back there was no like plan B in my mind mm-hmm. I was like this is the only thing I currently care about so that's all I'm focused on did I have I told you about me working for True Green for two days no <laughs> I didn't tell you about this no. so I was having a real hard time in Southern Illinois getting, I was in a training studio okay. trying to get clients or like a private studio. Yeah. They had a front desk. The only difference is they had a front desk. Okay. All right. So they had membership plus personal training. Yeah. Personal trainers were on their own. Yeah. And I've been there for a while and I had two clients, I think. And I was like, man, I need health insurance. Mm-hmm. I need, I need, I thought I needed all these different things. I needed consistency is what I needed. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I, I did two training days at, True Green Lawn Care. Okay. And on the third day, I was supposed to go out and start doing part of the sales team. <laughs> that night, I came home and I was like, "What am I doing?" Yeah. So I'd get up in the mornings. I'd train my clients in the morning. And I'd go to these like training classes for yeah. two days. 
And I thought, this is a mistake. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, this is not what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Yeah. Just suck it up and deal with it. And so I, you know, went back, I, I emailed the guy. <laughs> I didn't get a response back. I got a check in the mail, which yeah. was great. Yeah. You know, a little buffer money to pay my rent. Yeah. And then, um, and then I just, you know, dove head first into training and just like, this is, there is no other option. There you go. I'm making this work. Yeah. So, I think that was probably my mentality too. Yeah. And. And my parents were terrified. Mine might have been. They, <laughs> they just didn't tell me. I don't know. Like, I, I think probably part of them was, at the time, might have thought, you know, knowing how I probably am with some things, like being stubborn in that sense. Yeah. He'll probably figure it out. But, yeah, I'm sure they weren't, like, it wasn't the uh, conventional path that even, like, a lot of my friends took. Yeah. And, like I said, that was partly just, like, everyone kind of gets conditioned to a certain route in life just from, like, your upbringing. Sure. So that was kind of the the path I saw everyone going down. Like, you get to college, you get this, uh, you know, degree in business, you work this office job. That's it. You do your 9 to 5, you clock out. Yeah. And, like, you climb the ladder for the next 40 years and... That's real life. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And for, for anybody yes. that wants to do that, that's, that's awesome. Like our clients. It was just that I saw that path. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And then I saw that that was where I was being directed to go down. And it just wasn't for and you. Like, that, nothing about that appeals to me. So now all. you have this job at the other gym. Yeah. Right? You got the job. Yeah, You're there for four years. Right. What was the transition? Because now you're in, we're not like this. Mission 5 isn't yeah. like this. You're Correct. Now you're, now you're back to... This is your business, independent contractor. Yep. You're working for yourself, building your own clients. Right. I mean, there you know, there's referral help there and stuff like that too. Right. But this is essentially your business. Yeah. So what was what made you go from the transition from that uh, the other gym to mm-hmm. searching yeah. for something different? Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing there was, I mean, over the span of that four and a half years, like I said, I owe a lot of credit to that gym because sure. I learned just about everything I knew. Yeah. You know, that was my first place I ever worked. Um, so all those training hours, all that experience all came from there and everything that was done there was like, you know, it was done by the book. It was professional. So all of that was great because I've seen other gyms where that's not the case Yeah, and that's a, not a good look. No. You know, that's not a good look at all. So as far as like being professional, being on time, you know, treating people respectfully, building relationships, all those things, all those things were definitely enforced there which i think is a great thing um ultimately what it probably came down to for me was just two things i don't want to say it was money because it wasn't but there was a point where i just saw like there was a ceiling of what i could make yeah yeah well you're and it money has is, to do with something with everything correct so I'm like the reality mm-hmm. is if i get 50 percent cut on a session mm-hmm. and that's the most i can get out of that session i can only work so many hours yeah and I'm still giving away half my income, which is fine because, you know, that's that person's gym. Yeah. And I respect that model. I was yeah. just at a point where I thought, okay, I feel like I have enough experience. Um, I just, I was confident enough to go out on my own. I'm like, I can do all this now at another space. Yeah. And, and get paid with Take worth. 100% of the session. Yeah. And that was, that was my thoughts. So I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm at that point. Why not transition over? The other half of it, I would say, was just being at that gym, which probably is, I mean, it's probably uh, an element of this at every gym, if it's owned by, you know, an individual. Yeah. There's a certain way things are done, and people like to do things a certain way. Yeah. And if it's, you know, their way, it's kind of their way or no way, (laughs) which is totally fine. Um, But there was just things about training, whether it be with clients or even, like, things I did in my own workouts, where if something was, like, outright demonized or yeah. just said was bad and because like, of one individual says it is right and it was <clears> like <throat> because of that i couldn't <laughs> train my clients a certain way or yeah. at least like tinker with the idea of things that i thought might be useful sure. just because they got shut down things like that where i saw it in my own application and training or i saw it in like helping other people on my own like this stuff works yeah it's like it's by all means safe it works and i see no reason why i can't do it if the only reason I can't do it is because I work here, yeah, I don't want to be here. Yeah, and like I said, the other the other coin of that was, if I can make 100% of the session somewhere else and run things, you know, my way. Yeah, I was confident at that point that I had the experience to do that. I just had to take the leap and do it. Yeah. So you are paying rent here, right? Yes. Okay, so you're not taking 100%. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Does Joel have hundred different... percent of my <laughs> session I'm charging is coming with me? But then it's going back to Joel at some degree. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a percentage. It's a Correct. percentage based on. Yes. Yeah, he has a different system set up, and I've talked about yeah. that. I think you're you make a bunch of good points because the um, one of the reasons why I love this industry and this job. Mm -hmm. Is because you have control over your creativity. Hundred percent. You have flexibility to do what's going to work, what you think is going to work with your client. You're allowed to experiment with things as long as they're open to your ideas, and then you can adapt and evolve them. It's not going to be the same for every single person. No. Some people do it that way, and that's fine. And they keep their clients safe, and they're happy. They make progress. Great. But I love. Otherwise, you might as well just go back to that the marketing gig and take your command. Mm -hmm. Right. It's. It's yeah. similar to that. And there's some places that are ran like that. Some gyms aren't. And I like the fact that, at least here, at Mission 5, there's, you have flexibility and freedom. As long as you're not doing like blatantly outlandish, crazy things where you're having somebody like you know, back squat on a, on a BOSU ball or an exercise ball or something. Right. You know, you're right. pretty simple stuff. But that's, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. That's great. And you've been here for two years. and yeah, two years in June. And around about, not that many people, unless you're in the industry, would know exactly if this is successful or not, but around how many appointments do you think you're doing a month? Um, a month? Yeah. Or like whatever your, what's your breakdown look like? Yeah, because that was the other thing that I, switching to here was actually uh, a bit of a change for me was at the other gym, we only did one hour sessions. Okay, yeah. And that was the only format we had, which is like, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Because I didn't know any other, uh, any other, you know, layout. But coming here, like as soon as I met with you guys, you were like, oh, we do 30 minute, 30 minute, 45 and minutes sometimes. 30, 45 hour. Hour. But it seemed like yeah. you guys actually did a lot of 30 Lots minutes. Lots of 30 which minutes. Which really threw me off because <clears throat> I just, at the time I was like, that doesn't seem like enough time. And at the other gym, we would always do like a 10 minute warm up and like a five minute cool down. Mm-hmm. So that's 15 minutes right there. Yeah. So if you're doing that in a 30-minute session, yeah, sure, you're working out for 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's nothing. But um, You kind of get to cut out a lot of the yeah. BS. Yeah, and that was like, I, that was kind of going back to what we just said before. Some of that was like, do I need to do a 12-minute warm-up with this person? Yeah. Right. Like, no, but I don't have any say over that. You just have to. So I have to do it. Yeah. And it's like, for some people, that might be fine. Like, just go through the motions and yeah. go home. I'm like, if I'm going to be putting, you know, everything into whatever I'm doing in work. I kind of want to do it whatever I think is best. Yeah. I want to do it my way to a degree because it's just, you know, like you said, it goes back to your creativity. Like I think so. If I feel like I can do things better, I don't want to be limited by some arbitrary standard that exactly. doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I got here, and like you said, you were doing 30 minutes, and I'm like, actually, this makes a lot of sense because I don't need this, you know, outlandish warm-up necessarily. No. I might in the right context, but... It's so much more individualized. It's so much more individualized. You can do yeah. it for half an hour. You can do it for an hour. I, and for I mean, people that are like general population, yeah, you know, most people, not athletes, yeah, I don't need to do that. And if they're doing three days a week of thirty minutes, that's ninety minutes. Yeah, but it's it's a different kind of ninety minutes than if I had them do clearly a ninety minute session. Yeah, or a sixty and a thirty. Yeah, because you can only do so much quality work in one workout. I think so. So I find that like. If it was three thirty minutes, that's way more effective than a sixteen or thirty. Yeah, sometimes you get to the point where for an hour appointments, I don't even I don't even offer hour appointments anymore. Yeah, I have people who are grandfathered in. That's what they do. It's just fine, a that's, handful. Sure. But sometimes people you get to you get the people who like look down at their watch. Yeah. And you're like, well, I got forty five minutes left. Exactly. But then, but, and I don't want to say there's time filler in that because at the end of the appointment, you can still get quality work in three, three sets, two to three sets of. Uh, compound movements and all the, all the, all those things fall into place and at the very end you know if you got 15 minutes left of an mm -hmm. hour appointment it's biceps triceps some ab work maybe some low back but for the general population time efficiency for people who want to get into the gym and get out of the gym mm -hmm. and go back to work mm -hmm. most of the time that's what we're dealing with or right. whatever their situation is 30 minutes you got six to nine exercises mm -hmm. you focus your more detail mm -hmm. quality reps quality sets you know, and obviously there's good conversation that happens in the 30 minutes. You can carry on a good conversation in, in 45 minutes. But I feel like if you're asking people to come in two to three hours a week, most of the time they're like, it's it's more of a turnoff than having somebody say, you're going to come in for three days a week for 30 minutes. They're like, wow. Right. Is that really all it takes? Right. Yes, you got to work hard, 
all that still applies, but it's taking less of your time for yeah. good yeah. results. Yeah, and like you said, I think you just you get a much more efficient use of your energy during that session. Yeah, and I like hour appointments for the people who use them. Yeah, I do too. I'm not saying that I'm not. I wouldn't like ever yeah. cut these people down, but yeah. it's. And I have a, a handful of people I work with that are, once a week. So yeah. They're yeah. One hour. I would. Yeah. And that right. makes sense. Yeah. If, if they're it, one hour and it yeah. works. Um, but or yeah, one day a week. I mean, yeah. Like, the other thing I guess that made me think of it was, if you had somebody do like a sixty minute session and then two days later they did a 30 minute session trying to combine if you had done three 30 minute sessions and just yeah. take two of them put them in that first day together right it's probably too much volume it's a lot or it's too much intensity yeah and they're not going to progress as well as if it was spaced across three in my opinion yeah general population yeah. wise yeah especially if you're strength training like yeah. if, it's, if it's lifting weight doing 12 exercises instead of six for that day right i mean by the time you get to that you know what are you doing yeah, you're, you're doing back squat yeah. deadlift bench press pull up and then maybe another big one yeah you're probably going to be smoked like is your pull-ups going to be any good no no you're fatigued yeah you're fatigued you already squatted benched and deadlift yeah you're in a power competition at that point <laughs> yeah <laughs> like sbd it's just too much to me it's too much in the 30 minutes if you can get two yeah. to three of those exercises in i love that's and put my, way more go-to. just into those yep and you get way more bang and those where your warm-up sets come in you take the time to get warmed up properly for that exercise exactly. specifically, yeah. you hit you know some top sets, some back offs. That's what I like programming for me. I, mm-hmm. I love. We've talked a lot about that mm-hmm. programming for me. Like I nerd out on that stuff. That's all where the time. like the creativity really shines. Yeah, big time. It's like this. I think we talked. I talked about this before on the podcast. It's like the. It's like where the art meets the science. Mm-hmm. You're making the science work of the volume, the rest, the repetitions. Yeah. Yeah, you know all, all like the, the metrics. Yeah, but then you get but to if say you just go by the data. It's it's there's like there's no you know. Yeah, there's no emotion to it. There's when, no passion to it. When somebody comes in, I like. I like still make it exciting. You still got to Yeah, exactly. You still make it exciting. Still make it fresh. And you get to determine that. Yeah, it's all. It's all on you. Yeah. Um. So what? So okay. Go go back. Going back to the question. Like, yeah. are you around how many appointments a month are you? Oh, training, right. You think? Um. So, between thirty and sixty minute sessions, which I typically do. Um, I do about 40 hours a week. 40 hours, hours I track by the hour. Okay. So I don't so really track sessions. I just track hours. Uh, okay. So, so it makes it easier for me to, you know, I guess measure it out pins. Yeah. I can fit what? It depends on how many hours you have and stuff. Cause I, I do, I have about. So obviously if that was all 30 minutes, you'd be looking at 80, but yeah, I, I have, don't know the exact number being hour and half hour distributed. Cause it's not 50, 50. It's not. No, I do around. I do over 200 appointments a month. Yeah, I, I r- roughly have 50 appointments a week. Okay. Ish. Yeah. So, I mean, it's and yeah. I'm f- from five to one thirty right. or two sometimes. It. Yeah, most yeah. of the time. Yeah. But no, that that's great, man. That's yeah. awesome, and we're, you know, I, I'm I'm glad you're here. Come on, but I can't believe it's been two years. It's so crazy. <laughs> I feel like fashion. I was just reading, I journal every day. Yeah. And I remember not that long ago reading in the journal that you just started. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that long ago. It is wild. Yeah, it's so crazy. That's good though, man. Yeah. Um, so you and I have had a lot of conversations. We're we're, we're doing a hard right turn here. Yeah. <laughs> Crank that wheel. We're gonna do a hard t- hard right turn. You and I have had a lot of conversations over the over the past two years, I guess, about, Just about. training philosophy, training philosophies, and what works on the inside of the gym, what works on the outside of the gym, and. One topic that has come up recently has mm-hmm. been physical therapy. Yeah, we've got a lot of clients in here that have um, have been introduced to physical therapy at one point or the other, and mm-hmm. both of us have, I think, strong opinions about about how that works and what the point should be of physical therapy. Yeah. Um. So I'll just get it kicked off. I think. <laughs> There are a lot, first of all, there are a lot of good uh, physical therapists out there. There are a lot of not so good physical therapists, just like any other. There are a lot of good strength coaches and and trainers out there. There are a bunch of them that are not good. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I can't remember the exact conversation that you and I had that made us talk about it. But the point of rehabbing someone, in my opinion... Mm -hmm is to get them back to a fully, as full as possible, functioning state. Right. Because if you go through, at a certain point, at a certain age, depending on what the injury is, you might not have full range of motion of a joint. But the more range of motion you have, the stronger you can make those 
all of the tissue of the body, bones, ligaments, ligaments, tendons, mm-hmm. muscles, the stronger you can get them back to as full range of motion as possible, the better off the person is going to be. But when someone comes in and the first thing they say is, my physical therapist said I shouldn't lift over mm-hmm. X ever again. Right. Or maybe not even an end date. Right. They should, I, I shouldn't. Well, how are we supposed to get you back to being fully functioning then? Right. Or as full as possible. Mm-hmm. And there comes to a roadblock. And I've had a lot of clients come in post-physical therapy. And, I, and, and during the physical therapy process, even if they're training with me still, have your physical therapist call me. Can I have their contact information? And I've called and I've emailed and I've gotten zero response. And I don't know what the disconnect is. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a better outlet. And um, because the, the main goal of post-physical therapy should be to get someone back to, if not full strength, strong, stronger than they were Correct. coming out of physical therapy. Yeah, I agree. So where do you think the disconnect is and what, what can we do about it? Because it's... Yeah, yeah there, 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 there's a point where like, if a physical, if if someone is told that they shouldn't lift something over a certain weight mm-hmm. or they can't do something anymore, it set it mentally sets them up yeah. to be fragile. Yeah, that's a great point because that's kind of where my thought was going with that was, and I'll preface it by saying. Like physical therapy as a whole, that's well well out of the scope of my practice. Same, yeah. So I know course. nothing about that. And you know a little bit about it. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't claim to. You know, to me, if somebody's in pain or they have an injury, yeah, go see a physical therapist. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that's that's out of our scope. Out of my scope to di- for diagnosis. Hundred percent. Yeah. And if it's debilitating, like I, I'm not going to you know train you. Sure. Outside of that. What you were saying, to me, I don't like the idea that it seems like with some physical therapists, just from people that have spoken to me that have gone to see them, yep. that I work with, is just like like you said, it's the thoughts that I think they put in their brain yeah. without even like realizing it. I'm not saying the physical therapy doesn't realize it. I don't think the client realizes it. It's like if you tell someone who's, I don't know, 40 years old, that they can never put their arm over their head again. Right. Or they should never lift or yeah, lift weight overhead. Yes, if they're if they're going to lift something overhead, make sure it's never more than two pounds. Yeah. Like yeah. what happens when they take something off the top shelf in their kitchen? Right. That should apparently crush them. They should they should they should die. They should be dead. And like that's just a terrible I don't know, it's a terrible <clears throat> thing to say to someone. Because it doesn't give, like, it's the most disempowering thing. Yeah, it takes, it, like, you're right, yeah, it's They leave that appointment, I'm like, if anything, you're just more discouraged. Yeah. And then what's what's the next step? Like, where is the solution to that? You didn't give them something to work with. You just said, hey, don't do this. And there was no replacement of do this instead. Yeah, in in It's just like, okay, you're just more limited now. Yeah. Because you were injured, you yeah. can no longer do this. And I, no, I'm not saying that's across the board. I've just heard stories like that. Yeah. Or, like you said, there's also things where... There's never, it seems like there's phases with some of the people that go to see these physical therapists where they just keep going to see them for years. Right. Years. Years. Nonstop. And I'm like, I, I always thought the phrase was return to sport or return to activity. doesn't mean, you know, you're playing a sport. Maybe it's just, you know, everyday life. life. It's life. That's the activity. But That's the sport. The reason to me it's called therapy is you're, you're, you know, it's therapeutic in the sense that you're supposed to be helping something get better. Right. Which should lead to... The next step, which is beyond that, yeah, right. What the the next step would be beyond not requiring the... therapy because you're therefore you've healed to a point of being able to function, yeah. And then there should be a, a step beyond that, which to me would be getting stronger, depending on what you're dealing with. Yeah, the because I guess I guess someone could come back and say, well, it's the same thing for you know strength training, correct? But but well, it's not though it, because we're art of, what we're trying to do here is. What we know as of right now is that we lose muscle mass and bone density as we age mm-hmm. from a roughly around the age of like mid-30s on, yeah. right? It's uh, a significant percentage decreases, and we're trying to main- artificially maintain that by lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Not artificially, but the, the artificial part comes from we're not, we're not, all of us are not as active as we used to be right. 100 years ago. We're not building houses. We're not using our physical selves as much. Mm-hmm. So... Strength training is a way to maintain that. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so someone could come to you and say, well, you know, they're coming to you forever. Shouldn't they eventually be able to? No, we are trying to help these people age as gracefully as possible. Yeah. That's why I lift weights. Yeah. And to that point, like you said, I don't think there's anything wrong with making that statement. Because I would like to think that anybody I'm training with, an, like if they come in, you know, completely green to strength training. Yeah. Like they've never touched a weight. They've right. never been in a weight room. Okay. Okay, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Same as me when I first started doing it. I didn't know what I was doing. And it would have probably helped to have somebody expedite that at yeah, the time. Sure. I just kind of learned it on my own because I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Right? But that's kind of like the segue of where we are. Like, we're there to do that. We're there yeah. to expedite that. There's people I can think of that I train that they 100% have the tools and the knowledge to do it themselves. And they, they still come back just because of, like, the relationship we have. Right. And that's great. I appreciate that. And I still enjoy that because... There's always ways to still improve and expand. Yeah. Like, that doesn't end. That's where, when you had said before, like, making the point of comparing it to physical therapy, I see that argument. Yeah. But, like I said, if, if the point of physical therapy is to get you healthy just enough to function, yeah, there is an end point to that. There is an end point. And with strength training, I'm like... There is no end point. There, you can't really pinpoint anything. No. Unless... You know, your goal if, if your goal is literally just to squat as heavy as possible, and your your back squat only gets to a certain number, yeah, it just doesn't go any higher than that because you just you know, that's your well, that's, you're talking about like physical potential. Then. Correct. I'm like, well, okay, it doesn't have to be a back squat. Right? Yeah, we'll do something like there's endless ways to track progression. Yes. and still get stronger. Yes, that's where. So the, yeah, that's where the creativity and the minutia of training comes in. Where there is no transition. I feel like. From my experience, and I know there are physical therapists out there that deal with strength training, which yeah. is which are awesome. Yeah. But from my experience, when someone exits physical therapy, all they get is sheets of paper that have resistance band exercises on them. You, let's just say for the shoulder, there's internal external rotations, there's mm-hmm. straight arm pull downs. Yeah. That, that. That isn't strength training. No, that <laughs> you are maxed out yeah. as soon as you're done there. Yeah. Your body's adapted to that, and it needs to do yes. some kind of. Exercise. At the time, that was strength training given your condition. Right. But you've exceeded that. Yeah. And you need, and so, and like you you need said, more progression. Yeah. Band-wise and T's now, that's, that's not a stimulus on a healthy shoulder. No, exactly. If, you're, if your shoulder, if the goal is to be a, have a healthy yeah. shoulder, you're I mean, it might feel good to warm up that. with. Yep. And then you're But done. it's, again, like you said. But then it takes... If the goal is to progress. Then it takes a coach yeah. that knows how to progress that shoulder... That should be strong enough to do some kind of like overhead movement because mm-hmm. that's what the shoulder is meant to do. Agreed. It's the strongest position for the shoulder to go above the head. Yeah. It can handle the most weight. Not a front raise. Not a lateral raise. Not a root out fly. Mm-hmm. Most weight is overhead. Correct. So it takes someone who knows how to progressively overload that, whether it's you're starting out with a dowel rod, you start out with a 15-pound bar that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... We have micro plates just for that reason. Right. And now, as long as you don't have any kind of contraindications where you can't go into a fully overhead position, but there's a there's like a disconnect there when mm-hmm. you when someone gets injured. By the way, when they go into physical therapy, more than likely they didn't get injured in the gym. That's true. Which is what's interesting because That's then they go point. to physical therapy and they come to the gym to get strong, but they're like they're nervous about what's in the gym. Yeah. But they're more likely to get injured just driving in their car on the way here. Yeah. Especially if you don't wear a seatbelt. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Did you like my seatbelt, Joe? <laughs> no content. So, no it, comment. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it just, it's a, there's a disconnect somewhere. And I don't know if it's on the strength coach's behalf to correct it. Because talking to someone about it. Yeah. I, honestly, okay. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, this is Ryan Huber's podcast. <laughs> Hey. No, this, I, I honestly, when, when someone, when someone starts to, to argue you know, the reasons why they shouldn't do an exercise that you recommend, it, mm-hmm. it's almost why, why are you even here? Why are we doing this? Yeah. If you won't let me help you where I thought we had the trust, yeah. but we don't have the trust, I guess I understand. It's like, I get me meeting the person where they are, mm-hmm. but at a certain point, if you won't let me help you, but then months go by and you're still complaining about this exact same thing that we could have taken care of three months before, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's. I'm not sure where. I don't know where to go with right. it. Right. 
I think that's definitely a situation. Because then you have people who quit. Right. And I think, probably in, in your case for sure, in my case as well, I think both of us would probably have that conversation. Yeah. What can we do? Right. Because we're a stand on the one hand, like you said, I would never try to like force an exercise on someone. Sure. That they don't want to do because again, it goes back to the, the relationship. Yeah. Like that's the opposite of building a relationship. Yeah. So I'm not trying to force my ideals on people, but like you said, if they're coming to you, essentially for guidance and expertise, then if they want to do all of the, you know the, the exercises they want to do. Yeah. That's then, fine, but it's. I guess my question would be like, why do you want a trainer? Yes. Then what, what is my role? In the what do I have to offer you? Yeah. Not saying you always have to do what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I think if it sounds like you've got it all figured out, yeah, which is fine. Great. You should do it on your own or yeah, you could, like you said, if it's just a matter of them being, I don't want to say brainwashed, but <laughs> <laughs> like you said, there's, there's these things that get put out there. Yeah. At times, from physical therapists or just other, other things in that field of health and exercise, sure. where you know squats are bad for your knees. Bad, yeah. And if should, like right. if you've never strength trained and you come into your first session with that belief, that's true. And I throw a squat at you, even if it's body weight. Yeah. And you say, I don't think this is good for my knees. That's a tough situation to be in. It One, is. Yeah. You know. You're off to a rough start. Oh, yeah. But two, yeah, but I, I, I have, basically I have to sit down. We have to have that conversation of, with my best intentions, mm-hmm. this is the knowledge I have, and I think this exercise will help you. I think and it's and good here's you. why. Here's why. If that's not enough to create you know, a change and we can't go forward with that, it's not going to work. You're right. It's not going to work between us. Yeah. And that's fine. That, yeah, that, that's okay. Yeah, I got, I'm not here to try to sell you. Right. To come train with me. Yeah. I want to help you, but here's if, what, if here's, we fundamentally yeah, right. like don't agree on things like that, yeah, because of other previous beliefs you've come across that are, you know, like I said, so ingrained that yeah. you can't see it any other way, I'm not here to change your beliefs. I wonder, okay, well, to that point. I'm just telling you what I think works for me and what I've seen work with everybody else. Yeah. Time and time again, yeah, is that squats are. But fine. then, but that, but then you're dealing with a unique snowflake, <laughs> okay? Yeah. So they come in. I think it. I think maybe I'm pushing. I'm pushing it too much off on the client. Yeah. And maybe the physical therapist. I understand that it is a coach's job to give the information to the client in a mm-hmm. fashion that's going to be digestible for them. Yeah. So when I say like when your I, responsibility what, to communicate. Yeah, yeah. So if when you I fail to do that. Well, but at one point though is you can have all the information in the world and still reject. Right. Or still reject I guess what, that's what's what going to help. Yeah, that's going so if back I, to it, before. If it's at that point. Yeah. I think you both should be able to determine the fact that it's this is probably just not going to be a working. Yeah. Or goal, goal or goals need to shift. Yeah. Cuz if I can tell you look all a a squat is past a body weight squat is loaded human movement. Mm-hmm. That's it because we squat down to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Um, deadlifting, we pick things up off the ground all the time. Yeah. I'm going to show you how to do all of that safely. It just so happens it's not a box; it's a barbell. Yeah. It just so happens that yeah. you're not squatting body weight. You have something on your back, and here's how to do back extension. Here's how you know your trap should feel. Here's where your hand play. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If we can't relay that information in digestible, um, safe manner, yeah. because when you walk into the gym and you see a guy like Ryan Flynn, <laughs> who is a gorilla, right, and he is squatting, and now he, you know, not a lot of people see that because we don't have a bunch of strangers coming off the street, sure. but he's a big, strong guy for sure. And you see that. Let's be honest. He fits the gym stereotype to the T. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. And to, okay, hold on. And if you could draw <laughs> a meathead, <laughs> he would fit the bill. And all I'm saying is, um, somebody that's coming in is brand new. Yeah, it's already a very intimidating experience. Until you meet the guy, you, see you a realize he's smart. Like that, yeah, he's a he's a monster. A ton of weight, lots of weight. It's scary. It is scary because that's what and you think of weightlifting. And part of them's like that guy looks like his spine's gonna break. Yeah, but his spine is so strong. Exactly. Because it's been overloaded. Yeah. Ironically, and he's adapted. Ironically, his spine is strong from doing that very thing. Exactly, yes. And what you did on the outside to maybe injure your back, yeah. like lifting a load of soil off yeah. the ground and twisting it to put right. it down, 
that's what injured you. Yes. Not learning how to pick something off off the ground safely. Yes. And if you were to walk onto that bar right now on your first day yeah. and squat that five plates, yeah, you best believe oh, you're, you're dead. You're done. Yeah, that's your it. Spine is over it. But if you do a body weight squat first, <laughs> exactly. Learn the mechanics. Maybe we start with a goblet squat. Right. Maybe we start with a band assisted squat. Right. And eventually we put a bar maybe on your shoulders, your front of your shoulders, mm-hmm. a bar or on your back. Let's see what fits your physiology, yeah. and then then go from there. Hundred percent. Yeah, but no, but everybody thinks right away that like, oh my gosh, that's that's, I mean, that's gonna crush it's me. It's not all or nothing because, like you said, it's everything yeah. is just a reflection of yeah long term ad- adaptation. So why and progression doesn't physical therapy teach that in a broad spectrum? Because know. they, in reality, they don't. <laughs> I guess I can't say that. I, I can't. Know. I mean, I in in the experience you've had, maybe they don't. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish, I know there are some people out there that are probably, if anybody listening who is a physical therapist, no physical therapist, I am open. I want to have the conversation. Yeah. You can email me at eric at ericfeigel.com. I mean, you have this podcast. My everything's. I honestly want to have the conversation because it's, it's not being had in the areas that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. So. It's also it's just like you said before it's very important to define like different scopes you know it, it yeah you're and right yeah no i think you're... a lot of people in the exercise field of some form of training mm. we won't even call it strength training because there's you know yeah just ec- there's yeah. circus acts that go on out there you're tr- very true which is still personal training it is that's why it gets a within bad the realm of what you and i do okay it's let's be honest it's pretty much all strength training yeah right we're just trying to get people stronger. Yes. I'm not trying to make them world record athletes. No. I, we hardly work with any athletes. No. None. I've worked with high school athletes in the past. Yeah. But I'm not a athletic trainer. Right. right? I'm a personal trainer for general population, everyday people. Right. Yeah. That's 95% of people. That's my role. With. So it's not rocket science. <laughs> like we're just trying to get people stronger. Speak for yourself. So... <laughs> Like if, like you said, if someone's in like serious pain or they have a serious injury, yeah, they go to physical therapy. I have no idea how to treat that. It's not my. Scope. You mean I wouldn't know how to? Yeah, like someone tears an MCL <clears throat> or ACL. Yeah, you need to go get help. You go get help. Like I'm not gonna say, hey, I know what to do to fix your knee. Yeah, once it's repaired, yeah, I, I can. I don't want to touch that. We can go because you're in pain. After that, we can go. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. For physical therapy, that's. That's their realm, and that's awesome. Because, like I said, that's well beyond my knowledge. You know, though, okay. all I'm saying is, if you get to that point, right? Yeah. If I'm working with a healthy individual who either moves without pain, okay, or has tolerable pain, but still wants to train, like normal everyday life stuff. Yeah, or just you know things come up, things yeah. flare up, or they have aches and pains. They're not walking around with a torn ACL and a torn labrum, right? While you know, lifting heavy with me. Sure. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But if they're in some kind of pain sometimes. Yeah. And it's chronic. I'm going to address the lifestyle first and try to help them as much as I can with that. Like, how is your sleep? Mm-hmm. If we're sleeping five hours a night, that's just okay. leading to more pain. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. How's, right. How's the nutrition? Things like that. But on top of that, the, the biggest thing I would focus on is if they're coming in to train with me because it's not debilitating. Like, they're still able to do things. Yeah. They just have this pain sometimes. Okay. I'm only going to pick exercises that don't create any pain. Okay, that, so, that's where I was going to go to. Because so I like, think if, if I do an exercise, like, that hurts my knee. I'm not going to okay. say, keep doing it. I'm going to say, okay, we're going to... We're gonna pivot here. Short your range of motion. Yeah, I'm gonna pivot here in some adapt, way. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna have you do so, the movement of some kind of that nature in a way that creates no pain. There you go. And if you're not in any pain, I don't know how you can say that's bad. Yeah, that's. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Like somebody would say, and well, you shouldn't do that because they have bad knees. Are they in any pain doing it? No. Yeah. Then it's probably good. Probably. Yeah, more than likely. And I'm gonna monitor it to the point where if there's any sign of pain, I'm going to avoid it. Yeah. Because, like I said, that's out of my scope. And it also depends, I think. So you, I'm glad you brought up the, the exercise selection. Yeah. Find something in the same plane that still is trying to accomplish your, your task. Mm-hmm. But also, if you have somebody who comes in and they know. 
So, you, so even if they have like a uh, a small tear, like a small a labrum fissure or something like that, yeah. you can still train somebody effectively and make the joint stable. Right. Same with the knees. Right. People squat all the time with like fissured MCLs, That's PCLs. True. When that I said that before, I guess I was implying. I get no, no. I get like know. somebody walking around yeah. limping, and then they exactly. don't know what's wrong. They're on crutches, and you're like, "Hey, maybe this has been like two months. You should go get that checked out, and then right. we can adjust." But like you said, there's people walking around with tears they don't even know how they have. Yeah, and then they deal with chronic pain, but they're able to do. So I would rather have somebody come in and say, "Look, I've, I'm dealing with some. My knees always ache. Mm-hmm. It's not. I I can do all my daily functions. That's fine. And then you start to, let's say, you have them do some kind of squatting motion, even if it's leg press. You mm-hmm. get them on a leg press, whatever they can handle. They tolerate that, and it doesn't make the, maybe it, the pain doesn't reduce, but it doesn't make it go higher. Mm. Then I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. because if it's like an everyday thing, like look, I just live with this. That's okay, a great point. or are you gonna go to the doctor about? It? No, probably not. Okay, well then let's try to keep it strong and stable. Pack on some muscle mass, strengthen the tendons. The joint's gonna be healthier that way. You're probably gonna have the same level of pain yeah. or, or discomfort. Yeah. Because also people get confused with pain and discomfort. That, yeah. There, an there's pain. Because mo- yeah. how many times do you ask somebody on a scale from 1 to 10? 10 is literally, I have to take you to the hospital. You're, you're basically unconscious. Mm-hmm. And 1 is like, you're, a toddler can do this. This is so easy. Most people go right above 7 like right away. This is definitely an 8. Okay, well, the way I'm looking at you now, you're not writhing in pain. Mm-hmm. So either you're so tolerant to this amount of 8 level pain that you're a superhero. Right. Or you don't, you're, you're, you're uncomfortable, not, yeah. but you perceive it because you think you should be pain-free, which is no human condition. I'm sitting here right now, and I notice my back is not like 100%. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. there's some people do just have stuff. Yeah, for sure. Mechanical beings. Yeah. They just move around in space. Yeah. and. No, that's a, that's so, an excellent point, because like you had said with the pain thing, if it's not getting any worse by doing it, uh-huh. and they're not going to do anything to treat it outside of this, yeah, and they still want to work with you, right? Well, you have this measurable progress of strength that you can track. Yes. Right. Even with the same amount of pain. Mm-hmm. So there's measurable improvement there. Yeah. Even if your pain hasn't decreased, mm-hmm. you've gotten stronger. Exactly. Something's improved. Yeah. You're better with that than the same amount of pain and getting weaker. Yeah. Yeah. And because we know for we know it's al- going to get it's going to get alternative? worse. Yeah, you're going to continue to get yeah. weaker. But the alternative is you don't move. Right. You don't strength train. And you lose muscle, you lose strength. Yeah, and everything's that almost always leads to more pain. Yeah, exactly. Weakness, yeah. inflammation, and pain. Yep, that's right. I think there there's so many people. Uh, one of my clients, uh, Susan, who is 81, who has been training with me for I think 12 years now, mm-hmm. who is a beast. Yeah, and she's been she's had knee she's had knee pain for a very long time. And she comes in, every once in a while it'll be puffy, it'll be swollen, so we'll reduce her range of motion. We ad- adjust. And her doctor said, like, maybe you should think about a reconstructive knee surgery, yeah. like a knee replacement. And I was like, Susan, I'm, I'm going to support you no matter what you do, but I just want you to think about, during the course of your day, how often does that knee prevent you from doing anything in your daily life? The qu- how Does it change your quality of life? And she says, no. Mm. I'm like, I'm telling, from my perspective, watching you in here, seeing how active you are on the outside, I don't think you should push to get reconstructive surgery, especially at her age. For sure. That's a big thing. Huge. So yeah. So I understand the value of, of knee replacements if you're 40 or 50, right. 60s for yeah. sure. Yeah. But at a certain point, it's like, where does your daily life... Or, or major injuries or things, or not even that major, just mm-hmm. aches and pains and yeah. Well, how often can, does it affect your daily life? Yeah. That also kind of opens up the idea of going back to like the whole fear thing before. Yeah. There's also like that belief that I think it's pushed a lot where it's like, same thing as you were saying before, like being fragile. It's also like the human body can't ever like recover and regenerate you know what i mean i'm not saying the body heals itself but the body does do a lot of crazy stuff (laughs) if you give it time and you're smart about it yeah like you can avoid surgery 
Yeah, absolutely. If you for sure sleep well and you train smart and you, you give eat, it time, you eat correctly, you get strong, you get enough like you calories, do all, those all those kind of things. Those things might just go away. I'm not guaranteeing they will. No, but they're almost always going to improve. But it's the fact that that like completely gets written off from the get go. Yeah. Like, oh, you immediately need surgery. Right. Like this is this is injured. Give this a fair like, shot. That should be last resort. This should be yeah. That should be last resort. You've given every other avenue its fair yeah. trial. I'm not saying it's not valuable in certain situations it's 100 percent the only choice yeah but like you said the fact that you just leap to that yeah which ironically is like well of course the person that's going to cut you open is going to tell you they need you need surgery yeah because guess what they get paid yeah that, uh, mercedes benz <laughs> no they have to pay i'm just saying no i get it no i'm, I'm right if there you with come you. in and say hey my surgeon said i need to get surgery Ooh, no kidding are you kidding me wow wow holy cow didn't see that one coming. unbelievable so it's like, that's a that's a tough thing to sell too. Did your car dealer say you need an oil change today? Yeah. yeah, and I'm not knocking that, but like you said, you have to look at your life and weigh the options of is this really necessary? What are the yeah? And yeah. have I given it a fair chance to heal and try to you know recover on its own? Yeah, because I just might not need surgery. It might not be a hundred percent. You know, you know, it's this is. But pop- I might not need surgery. I agree. You know, what just popped into my head. It's unfortunate that there are going to be some people out there in our profession who don't know how to handle these situations, who can't have the conversation with people because they don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know. If somebody comes in and says, man, I don't know, my doctor says X, Y, and Z. Oh, well, you know, either they have no opinion or they're like, well, maybe you should go do that. Yeah. Or it's, it's, a, it's laughable. Like, well, of course, that's ridiculous. Yeah. There's got to be an in-between. And there's got, the, the communication is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to be able to talk to a doctor and say, all right, can you, I'm not a physician. Yeah. I'm not going to understand everything you say. I don't think you're a strength coach. Mm-hmm. You probably never lifted a weight in your life, more than likely. Yeah. So how do we, how do we work together yeah. to get this person back in, 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 in common, a livable? What's the common goal here? Yeah. Can, can we, I understand you, you think surgery is the best option. I don't. Mm-hmm. We're both professionals in our respective fields. I don't think you could teach a deadlift. No offense. Not you, Ryan, but I know you can. But the surgeon. I definitely can't perform surgery. You sure? Positive. Positive. I'm positive. Enough I can. caffeine. You I do it. don't think so. Four cups. I'm barely hanging on right yeah. now. All you need is just laser focus and a steady hand. That's Yeah, right. <laughs> this looks right, right? Everything looks red. I don't give me, know. Give me the scalpel. Yeah. Is this going to buzz if I get it wrong? We're going in. So where does I, I wish there's more open communication for those kind of things, you know? Because I'm sure, do, I, how many times do doctors like eat right, exercise? Yeah. And, you know, there's no prescription for it. Yeah. At least we can handle some kind of exercise prescription. Right. You know, there's yeah. that. Thank God, there's that. The most yeah. powerful tool we have is exercise. Mm-hmm. Changing your lifestyle. Yeah. And that leads us down a whole other podcast, like that. For sure. But but for, even with like you said the surgery thing, I yeah. just think it's making sure. Just acknowledging the fact that it's not black and white. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, yeah. even in myself, like, I know for a fact, I don't I think it's meniscus yeah. in my left knee. Yeah. But anytime I internally rotate yep. or externally rotate my knee to, like, any measurable degree, right. I get, a, like, a sharp pain pull. Well, you've torn a pec. I've torn a pec. And but, like, that kneecap pain has been there Oh yeah. probably five years. Yeah. And it's only that exact movement. Right. Like I can do a full depth heavy squat, this is nothing. Right. Sprinting, nothing. Jumping, nothing. But if I like crank on a little bit, yeah. Or if I get out of bed sometimes and I kinda roll on it, yeah. It's like it's like something's ripping in my knee. So your career as a running back is not gonna happen. <laughs> something's probably torn there is what I'm saying. Probably there's a there's either a partial tear, yeah. Or it might be a full tear. But full tear might be a I don't know. Well I don't know. All I'm saying is I don't know something's there. Some yeah. But I haven't gotten surgery. It's not affecting your everyday daily no. life. Yeah, and it's been five years, but yeah, I wonder why we're so afraid. when people when people feel pain, it's automatic. No, not, and that's not everybody. If all of a sudden, I can't walk. That's an issue. We're in a different situation, right? But like I said, it's just a very specific movement. Yep. And the few times I've been there, it's like unbearable. But outside of that, it doesn't even exist. Yeah. So, like you said, in cases like that, it just seems much more practical to work around it yeah i think work so. with it and try to give it time to see if it just heals yeah the problem 
the issue with well, this goes so this goes full circle. You go back to having the relationship. Yeah. You 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 understand who you're working with, and you both have a common goal. Yeah. Because I don't I think with all three of those, then 100%. you you can work through a lot of things. Yeah. Hundred percent. So. Oh man, Ryan, that was an hour and almost four minutes. Yeah. And uh, I think we can I think we can do another one sometime soon about another topic. But uh, uh, if people have any questions, comments, concerns about you, what you do, if they have anything they want to t- contact you about, what's the best way to reach you? Um, probably Instagram. Really, Instagram. Yeah, it's the only thing I have for business. You don't have an email? Oh, I do, but. You know, people emailing you. People don't email these days. What are you talking about? They text or Instagram. Don't put your phone number out there. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your Instagram then? Uh, it's just my business. It's um, Huber Health and Performance. It's Huber Health and Performance. It's H-U-B-E-R, right? H-U-B-E-R. Health, Health and Performance. All one word? All one word. Okay. All right. Don't give your email. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Right, we'll do it again soon. Everybody, if you have any questions, comments, concerns for me, please email me, eric at ericfeigel.com. Do not get on my Instagram because I will not check it and I will not respond to you. Um, but until next time, I, I'm yeah, I'm off of it. Uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.